This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Tuesday afternoon, October 10th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Spending for Halloween is expected to break records this year. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, it's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour. And in this segment, we're talking about finding the balance between planning and spontaneity when going on a trip. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Mark Walters of Walters World Travel and culture. It's a, he has a YouTube channel. He's also a teaching associate professor of business administration at the Yeast College of Business at the University of Illinois. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Normally, Mark, in our travel segments, we talk about the importance of planning ahead, making sure you get the right airfare, making sure you get that hotel reservation, making sure that uh, if you have lots of people going on the trip, that it's planned well in advance so there are no hiccups along the way. However, there are other people and I envy them, that can just get up and go at the drop of a hat. But there are some things they need to know as well. Yes, thanks, Rob. Great to be back. I think if you're going to be a spontaneity traveler, you do need to remember a few things to plan ahead. And honestly, having your first night when you get to a new country or the last night when you're leaving a country are things you really need to book before you go because then you don't have to worry if there's a delay when you're flying out, which happens a lot these days, or lost luggage. And actually, some countries, you have to have that first hotel address to share with them at immigration. So having that first night book takes a lot of pressure off. Then you can focus on being more spontaneous, you know, more spontaneous uh, with that. Now, also, the last night is important because by the end of your trip, you've been having such a good time. You don't want to stress before you go home. Have that last night booked as well. So you're not trying to catch that last minute train that gets you back to the town that has your flight or you're worried about a strike happening. That can be a big issue. Another thing for my spontaneity travelers is sometimes you need to realize that some sites have limited spots every single day. So if you want to go to the the Alhambra in Granada in Spain or the Sagrada Familia, they book out not just weeks in advance, sometimes months in advance. So you can't be spontaneous, you know, uh, at that moment. So you got to make sure you're booking ahead on those certain things. But honestly, one of the things I always say with families, you can be, you know, you can be flying by the seat of your pants as a family traveler, but you need to make sure you're planning in some time for your kids to chill out because they're going to need some times when it's not museum and it's not sites. Okay. Cause it does make a big difference, but we all can be fly by the seat of our travelers, you know, or good planners. But I think another thing that's really important is if you want to be, you know, have that spontaneity in your travels, you need to do your research before you go. So if things change, you know, Oh, there's a different museum I could go to. There's a different place I could go to because some people don't do their research before they go. And they think I'm going to do a last minute view of the, uh, the Louvre before they fly out of Paris. And it's a Tuesday 
and it's already closed. So it's really good to have, you know, a little bit of a background for you to really get the most of that flying by your seat of your pants. Now, Mark, this seems like something that's completely alien to me, the idea of you fly into London and then just on a whim you say, you know what, let's go take the Eurostar to Paris and then let's take the TGV to someplace else and then just kind of bum across Europe with the goal of just being back to where your flight home is supposed to be. Yeah. So one thing I would say for a lot of people, if you want to have a good time with that and not have to double your way back, do what's called an open jaw ticket or a multi-city ticket. So you could fly into London and then you take your TGV, you take your Eurostar down to Paris. Then maybe you take the ICE over to Frankfurt and then you fly home from Frankfurt. So instead of wasting a day getting back to London, you can just fly out from there. And with flight prices, almost exactly the same if you're going into London and out of Frankfurt versus back and forth from London, that could be a nice way to kind of extend your vacation an extra day of seeing new things as opposed to going back. Mark Walters, Walters World Travel and Culture. Find him on YouTube. Also find him at the University of Illinois. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, retail spending on Halloween will exceed $12 billion this year. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's expected to be a record year for Halloween retail. Let's check in with Jan Rogers-Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers-Niffin Worldwide based in New York. Jan, thank you for joining us today. Twelve point $2 billion. That is expected to be the total spend on Halloween this year by uh, everyone from uh, spooky animatronic figures to $5 spiders that you can attach to your house to, uh, you know, sexy astronaut costumes and everything in between. Well, that would be a 15% increase over last year's record spending. And it would be because we think 73% of the people in the United States are going to participate this year, as opposed to 69% last year. So everybody wants to participate, and they want to spend more money when they do, and that gets you a 15% increase. And it's driven a lot by the fact that more and more adults are costuming and going to parties for Halloween. It's not driven by the kids so much. And it's also driven, as you probably know, by you want to dress your dog up, too, if you're going to do it to yourself. Well, not only that, but I think some of the, uh, the the Halloween decorations on houses are rivaling Christmas as far as being elaborate. I mean, I was taking the kids for a walk to the neighborhood on Saturday night, and a house just down the street uh, had a, a full-bore Halloween display with all sorts of characters, and the centerpiece of this display was a motion-activated demon that looked like a, a very scary version of Bullwinkle the Moose. And I thought, well, that must have cost that guy a pretty penny. Well, you've nailed it, because the other thing that's going to set a record this year is collateral to go with the Halloween event. So, yes, everything from kitchen sets and paper napkins and things like that, all the way to giant demonic bullwinkle mooses. Yes, all of that is going to set a new record again this year, along with candy and costumes and things like that. It's going to be a very big Halloween, and I think it's going to roll right on into the holiday season. I know we're all worried about inflation. We're worried about coming recession, possibly, things like that. I don't think we're going to see any of that between now and the end of the year. I think this would be the record Halloween we're expecting. It's already happening, of course, as far as the sales. The retailers are all supporting that 15% kind of number. They believe it's really happening. I think it's going to just continue right through the Thanksgiving holiday and into Christmas. So 
So I believe we're more festive for whatever reason this year than we've been since, say, 2017. What is it that it kind of drives this growth in Halloween spending? Is it the desire to look cool for your social media channels that you can share all this stuff on Facebook? Is it uh, all the goth kids in high school in the 90s uh, now turning into uh, uh, high spending suburban homeowners? What, what is it? I truthfully think it's because people are looking for a good time. And we say it's going to be like the roaring 20s because we've just survived COVID. And we've seen people take vacations and book plane seats at record levels. And I think they've just said, here's another fun event. I intend to be part of it. And I think that's what's driving it. Of course, Barbie's not hurting either. It's going to be the biggest year in history, of course, for Barbie costumes and for anything pink. And on top of that, uh, the, 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 the Travis Kelsey uh, Taylor Swift costumes uh, already sold out, it would seem. Yeah, I wish I had one of those jerseys. You're correct. That, that doesn't hurt either that we've seen enormous affinity for things like Taylor Swift concerts, right? It's another case of I want to get out, I want to do something. Halloween's just another excuse to do that. Well, Jan, I've got my uh, sexy radio news anchor uh, costume ready to go for Halloween, which is uh, during the week this year. So uh, uh, I'll be taking part in that. Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, making sure your charitable donation is making it to its intended place. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. There's been a flood of calls for charitable giving as of late in live of national and world events. Joining us now to discuss how to choose, give, and make a meaningful impact is Michael Thatcher, who is the CEO of CharityNavigator.org in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Michael, thank you for joining us today. And whenever a major event happens, whether it is around the world or in the United States, I think we all see solicitations or links to donate to uh, affected people on social media. But you really have to do your homework before you click and before you give. You sure do, Rob. And I think what, what we're trying to do at Charity Navigator is help people in that process so that you can donate with confidence and actually find a decent organization to give to. There are a couple of steps you can take, and I'm happy to walk you through that. Yeah, because I think uh, even even with, uh, with, with, with some names that are familiar, uh, you may be surprised to find out that uh, not a, a, a large percentage of the money that you donate actually goes to the people it's trying to help. That's one of the issues. I think the other thing with a lot of there's one one thing that happens when when there's a major world event is that you get a bunch of pop up lookalike charities that aren't real, and it's important that you know that you're giving to a legitimate organization. You want to know it's what we call a 501c3 registered charity. So looking up the name, making sure it's real, is really your first step. The second step is really, are you aligned with what they're doing? So what's their mission statement? And does that resonate with you? In other words, the feeling that inspired you to give, validate it. And use, use a third party. Use Google. Use CharityNavigator.org. We're all there to help you actually legitimate, legitimatize the, uh, the gift that you're planning to make. And then uh, one one uh, uh, helpful hint that you have is that tax-exempt does not always mean tax-deductible. And what's the difference between those two when it comes to giving? 
A couple of things. The um, tax exempt may mean like the, you know, and it's actually in the in the IRS code. So a 501c4 is an organization that might be doing lobbying. Those donations are not tax deductible. A 501c3 is a tax deductible donation. The other thing, this is uh, something we have on our site. We have a giving basket. That giving basket will only let you give to one, a legitimate organization, and two, one that is tax deductible. So that's one way of actually just sort of filtering out organizations where you won't get the tax break, and also it won't let you give to a fake charity. And then another uh, piece of advice is uh, beware of charities offering gifts. Yeah, I would. Uh, in other words, you're you're there to help them and actually help the cause that they're trying to make, trying to have a difference in. I would avoid the gifts. I would also avoid somebody cold calls you or you're getting the solicitations. Don't necessarily respond to that until you've actually done a little homework on your own so that you know you're not getting gamed. And then finally, once you uh, do all of that vetting, once you uh, make sure everything is on the up and up, give generously. I would give generously. I would also consider if you really care about the cause and the organization you're supporting, consider signing up for a recurring gift. So basically, rather than one big lump sum amount, Take a certain amount, you know, again, do what's in your budget, um, but sign up for a monthly gift coming off your credit card because that lets the organization actually have runway. They know they can count on your money all year round. And that's uh, charities love that. Michael Thatcher, CEO of CharityNavigator.org in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, help in deciding whether you need travel insurance. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The Gaza Strip is under fire as Israel reacts to the surprise attack by Hamas over the weekend. Residents of a far northwest suburban neighborhood having their windows replaced following a gas explosion yesterday that destroyed a house. It's Travel Tuesday, the guide to travel insurance and the situations that call for it. And transferring your credit card balance can be a helpful financial tool, but there are some things to consider. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 190 points. The NASDAQ is up 101. The S&P 500 is up 32. We have 58 degrees right now in Chicago under mostly sunny skies, going up to 60 today. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. Humanitarian concerns are mounting over the escalating situation in Gaza. Addressing reporters in New York on Monday, spokesman for the UN Secretary General Stefan Dujar spoke of extreme concern about tensions in the Middle East. In Gaza, uh, damage to water, sanitation and hygiene uh, facilities 
has undermined services to more than 400,000 people. Uh, the Gaza power plant is now the only source of electricity and could run out of fuel within days. Teams are struggling to accommodate over 187,500 Palestinians in Gaza, displaced by ongoing Israeli strikes as hospitals and schools that it runs across the Gaza Strip were damaged in the fighting. The UN and other aid agencies are talking with Egypt about sending humanitarian aid through the Rafah crossing point between the Strip and Egypt's Sinai Peninsula. I'm Charles Diladesma. Firefighters and construction crews are back at the site of a house in Woodstock that was leveled by an explosion yesterday. Carmen lives across the street and was working from home at the time of the explosion around 2.38 and tells us she felt a boom. I mean, that's an understatement. It was a boom. And I, I went up in the air and uh, came down and I thought, actually, my house blew up underneath. And uh, I came down on my feet, though, so... Uh, Ran out here and, and chaos was going on. Firefighters and an i gas employee were at the scene for a gas leak before the house here on Tryon exploded. A neighbor tells us a worker from the gas company had just left the two-story home before the explosion that instantly leveled it and set the home next door ablaze. Mass and classes at St. Mary's Catholic Church and school across the street were canceled for the day. In Woodstock, Nancy Hardy, News Radio 1059, WBBM. Hey, it's 12:32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are higher today, and joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with MacroTides.com, based in San Diego. Jim, thank you for joining us today. And uh, what's driving the markets today? I think a combination of things, Rob. One, we're seeing Treasury yields continue to come down. And uh, as we know, in recent weeks, the stock market sold off as Treasury yields were going up. So lower yields are helping. And, uh, you know, I think the perception is with what's happening in Israel that the Federal Reserve is very less likely to increase rates again, especially at the November 1st meeting. So those two things have been pretty helpful. Plus, late last week, Rob, the market was very, very oversold. Investors had become overly negative, if you will. So you really had a, uh, you know, a conflux of things coming together to provide this bounce. With uh, more money going back into equities, what is this going to do to uh, interest rates, which are driven in part by the bond market and bond yields? Well, what we've seen is with the increase in bond yields over, well, really since late July, that increases uh, and tightens financial conditions. So that's not only a negative for the equity market, but it also, Rob, is a negative for the economy. And I, again, it just, in my mind, increases the probabilities that we're going to see a market slowing in the economy in the fourth quarter, but more so uh, in the first quarter of next year. So that's going to be, I think, the real test for equities is if and when we start to see those signs of slowing uh, materialize, uh, I think that is going to be a challenge because we've seen the stock market rally in the last four to six months, primarily on, oh, we're not going to have a recession. Oh, great. And, you know, the employment report on Friday obviously was very supportive of that narrative. So the litmus test of how the market's going to perform, uh, I think, will be determined in the next uh, 90 days or so. Technically, I'll note that the area between 4401 and about 4420, technically, there's a lot of resistance. So to me, for the market to give more of an all-clear sign, Rob, we're going to have to see the S&P get above that zone of resistance to imply that there could be additional rally after a brief pullback. 
Third quarter earnings season is here, and it seems uh, the, the the first ones to report have exceeded expectations. But at the same time, they set expectations really low. I mean, they go in saying, geez, I don't know if we can rub two pennies together. When, hey, wouldn't you know it? We're doing great. That's a great expression. Uh, yeah, the game is always lower expectations as much as possible so you can beat by a penny or two. Uh, the economy in the third quarter was really pretty decent. I mean, we're going to see, I think, GDP drop come in around 3% plus or minus. So I would be very surprised if we don't see the majority of companies being able to report decent numbers. Uh, the litmus test, as I said, I think we're going to see signs that the economy slowing. The labor market is going to start to weaken more in coming months, irrespective of the last jobs report. And that's really going to be the true test because the market has been you know, really supported by the idea, oh, we're not going to have a recession. That means we can expect earnings to grow next year and in 2025, and market isn't overvalued. So the litmus test of whether the economy slows materially is really going to, I think, be the determining factor. Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with MacroTides.com in San Diego. Thank you for joining us today. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday, and with a possible government shutdown hitting around the time of Thanksgiving, it's also a good time to talk about the wisdom of travel insurance. We welcome in Christina Tunna, the head of North America World Nomads Travel Service in San Francisco. Christina, thank you for joining us today. And if, if you looked at the continuing resolution that was passed by Congress a couple of weeks ago to keep the government functioning, uh, 45 days, and that takes you to November 17th, which takes you to the start of the Thanksgiving travel week. And if you just look at the way things are going in Washington, uh, the odds of <laughs> of there being a, uh, a a very easy and harmonious process to keep the government funded and functioning past no- November 17th seem about a, about as, uh, as generous as winning the Powerball. So uh, maybe there will be a government shutdown uh, causing some problems for you if you are flying this week. And that's where travel insurance comes in. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, unfortunately, uh, what's going on in Congress is not uh, seeding a lot of confidence for the travelers who are planning to travel around the Thanksgiving period. I believe predictions are saying that there's about 23 million Americans are expected to travel over the holiday. So, Unfortunately, there are going to be some possibilities that travelers have to think about in terms of uh, maybe a reduction of air traffic controllers or TSA agents, uh, many of whom may either be working at a reduced schedule or possibly even working without pay. So this can result in a lot of slowdowns for travelers if they're taking to the skies to get to their Thanksgiving destinations. Um, What travel insurance can do is it can help you with any kind of trip delay coverage. So if your airline is delayed for more than six hours or it depends on the provider, um, obviously read your policy wording, but there could be some provisions there that if you are delayed for a, a certain extended period of time that you might have coverage for incidentals. Uh, or reimbursing you for, um, you know, food or other additional transportation you might need need to make uh, until your flight does depart. What it doesn't mean, though, is just because there's a government shutdown with these impacts, it doesn't mean that airports or the skies are shut down. So if you're waiting for that one hour before boarding to get to the airport and all of a sudden you're faced with long TSA lines, um, that's not covered. You've got to make sure you're making time to get yourself to the airport 
with plenty of time because a long queue at TSA and long security lines does not get covered in most cases by most insurers. So it's important travelers be aware of that. Uh, Very quickly, Christina, how does the COVID-19 pandemic change the travel insurance business? Because a lot of people did get travel insurance to cover uh, trips shortly after the worst of the COVID pandemic that might have been canceled because a member of the traveling party got COVID or there was a COVID exposure and you weren't entirely sure if you could uh, cross borders or or, or just things that that came up that were unique to the COVID pandemic. And how has that changed just the business of issuing travel insurance? Because chances are those companies had to pay out policies at a greater rate than before. Yeah, and and a lot of insurers have baked it into their plans. World Nomads has always been able to cover sickness, uh, whether that sickness be from COVID or that sickness come from uh, an accident on your bicycle and you broke your leg. It was classified the same. A lot of other insurers have also started to roll in that COVID as a sickness And therefore, if that's the cause of your canceled trip, that it might be covered as a cause, as a reason to cancel. Um, We are expecting and experiencing some spikes in COVID. And so a cancellation due to that illness may be covered by your policy. It does depend on who is issuing the policy. Um, But most of the insurers have rolled it in as uh, business as usual, as a sickness. What it might not cover is if you're a tour operator and that tour guide has COVID and they've had to cancel the trip. In most cases, insurance will not be the liability insurance for that tour operator. The tour operator has to make you whole. Christina Tana, World Nomads Travel Insurance in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A balance transfer allows you to potentially save big on credit card interest, but there are some key rules to the game. Let's learn more from Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com based in New York. Ted, thank you for joining us today. And, and throughout our segments, where we talk about how people can knock down their credit card debt, uh, especially with interest rates rising and bond yields pushing interest rates even higher. It's a good idea to, 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 to really chip away at that debt so you're not paying as much in interest every month. And uh, one of the weapons that uh, you say is at the, the disposal of a credit card uh, customer is the uh, 0% balance transfer credit card, but you got to know the rules of the road. That's right. This is my top tip for credit card debt payoff. And as you noted, credit card rates are very high. In fact, a record high, 20.72%. So we really want to make this a priority. What's so great about a balance transfer card is you can avoid interest for up to 21 months with cards like the City Simplicity and Wells Fargo Reflect. So you move your existing debt over to one of these new cards with a 0% promo. Two things to be aware of. One is the transfer fee. It's usually 3 to 5%. I still think it could be well worth it, provided, number two, this is the other big important thing, provided you pay it off within the allotted time. Because once that clock expires, then your interest rate goes way up, maybe 20, 25, even 30%. So really use that opportunity to uh, to buckle down either uh, – does it make sense to pay all of it off if possible? I mean, there are some situations where maybe just you have the financial wherewithal to cut it in half or maybe knock it down by 75%. Every little bit counts. Ideally, you would pay it all within the 0% term, but 
hey, I mean, even if you paid down half of it, you're making progress. Maybe you could even do a second balance transfer at the end of the term to another different card. I wouldn't make this a long-term habit. You know, you don't want to treat it like a shell game and just move money around. But yeah, if you're moving in the right direction, I mean, the average credit card balance is about $6,000. So it may take you some time, but those 21 months without interest can just be so impactful. My suggestion, too, is don't add new purchases. Even if those are 0% for a time, it's hard to hit a moving target. I think your best odds of success are to refrain from adding new purchases, just divide what you owe by the number of months in your 0% term, and try to stick to that level payment plan. And also, you cannot, or, or can you, can you switch to a 0% balanced card uh, inside your system, or does it have to be with an, another bank and another provider entirely? It has to be with a different bank. So that's really what's at the heart of this from a business standpoint, is it's a marketing incentive. It's a loss leader, basically, that I've seen data to the effect that about half of these balance transfers are not paid in full by the time the clock runs out. So that's the business case. These lenders are looking to bring in balances from other companies. They give you a 0% teaser rate, but if you don't pay it off, then the rate goes way up. Then you become a very profitable customer, plus they get the transfer fee. So it's kind of a customer acquisition tool. I still think it could work well for the certain kind of consumer, but that's something to be aware of. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of the today's show, you can just go to our stream and skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.